So last week, Andrew Johnson, he is the newest member of the Let's Talk Supply Chain family with his new YouTube show on the SC Supply Chain TV called From the Front Lines. He joined me to talk about his newest company called Shelf Aware. So if you are If you have products in a warehouse and you're looking to make your inventory more efficient and make replenishment more automatic, you are not going to want to miss this episode because he is doing all of that through RFID. I'm so excited to have him on the show, but if you missed the episode last week, go and check it out over at letstalksupplychain.com forward slash episode 113 or wherever you subscribe or listen to podcasts. I grew up with supply chain in my blood. I spent eight years in logistics operations and another eight in sales talking to shippers and BCOs, learning all about their pain points. Visibility is one of the biggest blockers to supply chain performance and knowing where your cargo is, well, that's just the beginning. What you really want to do is avoid surprises. Terminal 49 is an ocean freight visibility platform that's out to change the game for importers and brokers. They provide an easy-to-use unified dashboard with track and trace functionality to replace querying hundreds of separate steamship line and terminal websites. Just by entering the bill of lading number, you will receive proactive alerts when there's an ETA change, container holds, or anything that requires action. Best of all, they can automatically update all the data you need for forecasting directly in the systems you use today, even spreadsheets. Check out Terminal49.com forward slash LTSC to learn more about Terminal 49 and they've agreed to give Let's Talk Supply Chain listeners 20% off their first year. Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. There is so much going on right now. I hope that you are following us, following along with us over on the Let's Talk Supply Chain LinkedIn page because that is where we are posting everything that we are doing. Um, this week, I am going to be going live with the supply chain now, guys. That's right. Scott Luton and Greg White over on the supply chain now page. It is our mid-series live, and we are going to be talking about everything that we've spoken about in Super Trend 1 and 2. Plus, we're going to be talking about what you can expect coming up in Super Trend number 3 and number 4. Four. Scott and I get a little bit, um, you know, we get into it a little bit in super trend number three. Um, so stay tuned for that. It's all in great fun. And I might reveal a hidden talent in that episode as well. Plus, last week, we mentioned that we are planning a supply chain conference coming up on June 25th. That's right, a virtual supply chain conference. It is going to be amazing, and we want you to register. So stay tuned on the Let's Talk Supply Chain LinkedIn page for that so you can register and attend. We are going to have an economist in the morning talk to us all about the economy, Um, and where we are right now, what we can look forward to. We've got some great panels and we've got a startup showcase as well. So I cannot wait for you to 
check that out. So today's episode is the first day of the month and you know what that means. It is a new woman in supply chain series and I am talking to Anju Gupta from Coupa and we this one's extra special because it is sponsored by Coupa in partnership with GWPP. So Global Women Procurement Professionals is proud to have Coupa as a platinum sponsor for their community. GWPP's focus is to promote women in the procurement and supply chain industry and to have them grow. Coupa is an amazing example of how to be a thought leader within procurement and supply chain, and they are grateful to have a community partnership together. Plus, I am really excited to have a partnership with them as well because we're going to be talking to some amazing women as we partner with GWPP coming up. All right, so now it's time to get to our question of the week before we tell you a little bit more about Anjou. So the question of the week is, what does the the future of supply chain look like after COVID-19? Well, we had a few people weigh in. Greg White, he says, we will see reshoring in the US, multiple sourcing strategies, serious digitalization, and which he is saying means fewer spreadsheets. I don't know about that. I know there's a lot of people looking at tech right now that was previously shelved. Um, I really, really hope that we're going to come away from spreadsheets. I also think that he's right in the reshoring in the US on certain products, but I don't think globalization is gone, to be honest with you. Naomi Garness, I agree with Greg that we're going to see multiple sourcing strategies and late adopters realizing the necessary benefits in AI and machine learning. Love that. Also, global teams will be using these technologies and new best practices so they have shared visibility across their supply chain. Andrew Johnson, he's from the front lines on our YouTube channel, the SC Supply Chain TV. I think this crisis is pushing us all into a new era of innovation. It has exposed our weakness that we all knew were there, just too busy, reticent to change. Um, for instance, for we all recognize there is a lot to be gained by collaboration in supply chains, but many companies were hesitant to take the leap to more collaborative systems because they were afraid to share their data. Gary L., this crisis has proved Once again, that supply chains can evolve to adapt to any types of challenges, be it natural or man-made. However, the term BCP will be changed forever in the supply chain industry. Stacey Consalves says, this is a very interesting question, one that requires planning for the future. This is what she sees, local or dual sourcing to reduce or spread out the risk, less just in time with more agile policies, increase in 3D printing, increased investment in local manufacturing, redesign of workplace structures, increased use of blockchain in supply chain for visibility in payments, replenishment, and improved supplier credibility. Wow, those are great. Chris Ruddick, I think supply chain redundancy will be a focal point. Businesses will also be looking at efficiency and process automation. Thank you to everyone who joined in on the conversation this week. Remember to join us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram every single Wednesday morning for the question of the week. So back to today's episode, Anju, who is the Senior Director Product Management, is here to share her journey to success with us. As you know, every month we feature a woman in supply chain of different walks of life and different stages of their career so we can learn and grow from each other. And so I'm excited to introduce you to Anju, a woman who has been in tech her whole 
career. Anju is a seasoned product leader, passionate about making customers successful. She has over 20 years of experience in building innovative business applications focused on delivering value to users in procurement and business spend management. Anju started at Coupa in 2016 and leads product management of several Coupa applications, including contract management and SpendGuard. Prior to Coupa, Anju held leadership roles in product management at Simcoe Electronics, where she focused on building asset management as a service and at Oracle Corporation in both product and engineering management roles. So welcome to the show, Anju. Hi, Sarah. I'm really happy, really excited and very honored to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for joining me today because you are the first to be highlighted in my partnership with GWPP, Global Women Procurement Professionals, and Coupa, and they are both such amazing initiatives in this space. They are such big supporters of diverse initiatives, and I am honored to be able to have people like yourself come on the show and, you know, just share some value, share some stories. And um, so I'm excited to have you on. So why don't we kick it off with a story about your journey? Um, either one that's important or one that shares a lesson. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, when I think back to my journey, um, it started almost 20 years ago, um, my professional life. And uh, one of the first jobs that I held uh, was that of a software developer at Oracle, uh, building enterprise applications, uh, writing code um, in the areas of supply chain costing and asset management. Um, and then about 12 years ago, um, I had the opportunity to move from software development into product management. And um, I don't know why, but the decision was so difficult at the time. And today I couldn't be happier. Um, and I did move from, um, you know, uh, engineering management into uh, product management at Oracle. Um, and after Oracle, uh, I spent some time at uh, a really small startup and, um, um, you know, as their head of product. And uh, again, I didn't know it at the time, but um, uh, uh, that, that experience helped me hone transitional skills to move from a big organization, a big company culture to what I eventually would need at Coupa, which is a really fast paced, really high growth environment. And, um, uh, you know, and where we are focused on uh, building and providing a platform for companies to help save money by giving them visibility into their spend and tracking and control over their spend. And as I look back on this, I think the lesson that um, that is there in this journey is to be open and flexible and to say yes to opportunities. Uh, very often, uh, you know, we are all uh, afraid to take a chance or uh, afraid to get out of our comfort zone. And uh, it's being able to recognize opportunities and go where the path takes you. Um, yeah, I, I think I, if there is one lesson in this journey, I think that is it for all the women out there. 
And that is such an important lesson, right? Especially these days, I find that in leadership positions, we're talking a lot about change management. So you need to be agile, you need to be willing to take that risk, and you need to be able to, you know, just take that leap into um, something unknown. And it's okay, it may or may not work. But that's the decision that you've made and you will make it work, right? Or you'll, you'll agile, you'll be agile enough and pivot into something that will work for you. And, um, yeah, it's a huge, huge lesson. So let me ask you a question while you were going through that journey and trying to figure out, um, you know, your next path from engineering and software development into product management, what was the process of making that decision? How did you make that decision? Um, well, what motivates me is um, uh, helping solve problems um, and understanding. I, I came into supply chain by accident. It wasn't something that I thought about. Um, and, uh, and to be quite honest, it took me a while to figure out what supply chain even was. And uh, once I realized how it touches every aspect of, um, you know, our daily lives, um, you know, the groceries that we receive are through the supply chain, um, you know, the smart watches that we buy uh, get on our wrist because there is a supply chain working somewhere. Um, then I became uh, fascinated by and passionate about understanding all the various pieces of it. And I mean, um, well, it is large, it is complex. And uh, for many of us that don't work in the industry, I mean, yes, I'm a product manager, but I, I, I don't work in the industry. It can be quite daunting and challenging to understand, um, you know, all the aspects of it. So, um, you know, very early on, um, whether I was an engineer, uh, even while I was an engineer, I was really focused on understanding the business problems that uh, I was being asked to solve. And um, so when the product management opportunity came along, what helped me was uh, being motivated by the desire to learn more from customers, to have more conversations with customers. And, And that aspect about that decision clinched the deal for me. Wow. So really focusing on what the next position would mean for you in not only your career growth, but also your personal growth. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Because you're going from a position that is behind the scenes, that is behind a computer to the forefront where you're interacting with those customers a lot more. You're having that face-to-face feedback. That must have been quite a leap for, for you. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, um, you know, there were a lot of setbacks and uh, failures along the way, a lot of uh, botched meetings. Uh, But I think what kept me going was um, the process of it. I mean, it's like any other craft. Um, uh, You know, an actor doesn't become a fine actor, a thespian on day one, right? Uh, And and in many ways, uh, we are all still growing. There is plenty to learn uh, for me, I've been in the industry for 20 years, but I still find myself um, feeling like I'm starting anew at some things. So uh, just the learning process is is wonderful. And I can just tell, like I can hear the passion through the microphone <laughs> and I love it. I love hearing about, you know, our passions and our perspectives of the industry because it's going to change, right? And it, it, and 
providing uh, a voice and bringing that fresh perspective is going to resonate with different professionals around the industry. So I really, Mm -hmm. really like that. So, you know, everything is changing so fast. It's changing so often. And, you know, you've, you've really uh, painted a picture of how you came to the decision, but I'm sure it took a lot of courage. Mm -hmm. And that seems to be a staple uh, these days in a career path, in leadership, just in general, I think we all have to have a lot of courage. So how important is it to be courageous and take risks in your supply chain career? Um, uh, you know, I, I, I think uh, it's it's super important. And, and I think that's probably the most important thing. Um, and I would say not just in your supply chain career, but no matter who you are as a person, as an organization, you can't go forward unless you're willing to change. Uh, what brought you to a point? Um, if you keep doing the same things, you're not going to move forward, right? So, right. Um, you know, it's a cliche, but one has to take risks. One has to change. And, uh, um, you know, very often, um, like I was saying earlier, supply chain is not is often seen as um, dull and boring and not as exciting as consumer products. But but like I said, you know, um, none of those products, those con- electric cars would be possible without the supply chain. And uh, and there's a lot happening in that world. Right. I mean, globalization, technology changes. And and, and here's the thing. Um, we're changing so fast in our personal lives. Uh, we are so used to shopping a certain way. We are so used to having information at the tips of our fingers in our personal lives. We can't expect businesses um, to continue to work like that outside and then come back in their business world and not expect those very same things. So, um, you know, the back office, as we as we say, the supply chain and, and the way um, businesses work uh, has to adopt those uh, aspects of technology. And, and if they don't change, uh, if they don't take those risks, um, they're not going to be successful. And, and I think um, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the current, uh, current situation, the world situation that we are in right now. Um, um, you know, this is unprecedented. Um, none of us in our lifetimes have uh, seen the kind of challenge uh, that the entire world is facing. Right. And, and, you know, um, um, countries are shutting down. Um, you know, we're, we're all working from homes, but, but in some ways, it's business as usual. Uh, organizations have to pivot, uh, have to uh, learn to go on, and um, uh, and and I think this is this is a time for supply chain to really shine, for procurement leaders to really shine, and yes. um, and and really find new ways to um, to make things happen. Um, so, so yes, absolutely. In no time um, more than now has uh, risk taking and courage been more important. Yeah, be courageous, find your voice and make some changes happen within your organization. I love that so much. And I just want to, you know, go back to your point about saying that supply chain is dull and boring. (laughs) And it's funny because you're not the first person to say that. And I think that a lot of professionals um, say it out loud, 
but they don't actually feel it inside because when they start talking about supply chain, their eyes light up. They start, you know, you can feel the passion kind of oozing out of every single word that they speak. And so, you know, I think it's funny that we do talk about it that way, but then the passion that comes out when we're explaining what we do in supply chain and explaining about supply chain. So I think that that might be changing. I'm hoping that it's changing because supply chain is never dull. And it's never boring. I think oh, that you not. can agree with me on that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I so agree with you. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, we you mentioned failures um, when you were talking about uh, your journey. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask you, you know, what is one of the most valuable lessons you have learned from that failure that you can share with the audience that we can kind of take with us as we sort of move through these times, right? There's, there's going to be a lot of stop starting. Um, and I'm sure there has been a lot of stop starting. So how do you, how do you learn from that? What have you learned from yours? Um, lots of things. Um, I think the most important thing to remember is that failure is inevitable, um, it's going to happen. And uh, again, it's a cliche, but um, you don't grow until you've experienced failure. And um, and the more experience you have with failure, the better one becomes at handling it. It's, uh, um, you know, you find reserves of strength and every failure is a learning opportunity. And um, um, you know, not, not everything that's a setback is necessarily because of oneself you know there are situations that happen that are completely out of uh, anyone's control but there is always a learning lesson in there and uh, um, and 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 I think the most valuable thing I've learned from failure is to really reflect upon it and to figure out what I can change about myself. Um, it could be something as simple as being more prepared, being better planned, or or mm. perhaps it's about um, how I react um, to situations when things don't go my way. Um, and, uh, and also to give yourself time to wallow in that failure, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, accept those feelings, but then get up, dust things off, and... Uh, onwards towards your goal. And um, one other really interesting thing that I've come to realize as I look back um, is that oftentimes something that feels like uh, a failure in the moment, three years down the road, uh, we find that, or at least I find that it wasn't really a failure because um, it it took me on a path that I would not have naturally gone on. And uh, it it's um, many situations have made me who I am today and mm-hmm. brought me to uh, places where I am today, which otherwise would not have been possible. Yeah. And I th- it reminds me of that quote, this too shall pass, right? <laughs> I think that that's really timely in this conversation. And I think also, you know, maybe changing the language, right? So changing the language from failure to lesson. Right. And if we do that, and like you said, observe the feelings because they will come and they're okay. (laughs) Like it is okay to not be okay and to have those moments and observe them, but not absorb, like not absorb them. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that you can move forward with it and learn from it and seek it as a lesson rather than a failure. So I think that's super important and love your advice on that. So you work for Coupa and we've talked about Coupa a little bit at the top of the show. What is it like to work with an organization that puts such a focus on diversity and inclusion? Yeah, it's... Uh, um I, I think diversity and inclusion are um, so relevant and such important topics in this time. Um, and 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 first, I'd like to really acknowledge that um, our world has probably never been more diverse or more inclusive Agreed. than it is at this point in time. And um, you know, we all have countless women and men all across the world to thank uh, for where we are today. But um, I mean, I think there are things that still need to change. Um, Yes. uh, um, There is racism, there is ageism, there is sexism and any, every other kind of ism there is. And, and, um, and, and we have to acknowledge that and work towards changing that. And uh, at Cooper, um, I think the topic of diversity and inclusion is um, uh, very authentic and very organic. Um, when I joined the company uh, four years ago, uh, we were much smaller than what we are today, probably a fourth of our size. Um, we were not as um, uh, formal or process oriented. But even back then, um we had teams of people that came from every country, every religion, every background, every walk of life. Um, there were women leaders, um, uh, you know, in the executive team. Um, there were people from every religion represented in all departments, all areas of the company. And uh, that in and of itself made diversity and inclusion a non non-topic because yeah yeah it's it's all around you you know no matter who you were there was always a role model to look up to within your department across your department uh and for me as a woman that's that's super important um uh uh, you know, I'm the kind of a person that learns by observing how other people behave in certain situations and uh, uh and, and learning from other women I just find it easier. So just having those those role models um, made it made it super easy for me. And and I would say that as we've grown, um, you know, four years down the road, uh, um, we've as we've uh, uh, started to add more and more uh, people to our uh, to our company, and we've had to formalize some of these ideas, and we've had to formalize some of these processes. We now have a, a you know a diversity and in. Uh, inclusion initiative within the company that um, that works, uh, you know, very organically to um, um, generate ideas, to generate conversations about this topic. And that's amazing. And, you know, I think it would be amazing to be in an organization like that. And, you know, you and I spoke <laughs> off camera um, before <laughs> this episode started about, you know, why I started the Woman in Supply Chain series. And it was really because, you know, I didn't have the woman leaders in my life that I wanted to learn from. 
and that I wanted to gain perspective from and that I wanted to hear about their passions in the industry. And that's why this initiative was started. And it was it's amazing that you had that Mm-hmm. you know, peer-to-peer, person-to-person as you grew in your career. And I just hope that this series brings that to other people in the industry, not just women. I think people across the industry, you know, to really learn from the diverse perspectives. And like you said, it's really, really important to be able to have access um, to that And, um, I, you know, I just, I hope that we're doing that for the community with this series, but going back to that, going back to diversity and talking about, you know, moving that needle forward. Yeah. How do, what can listeners do, right? We're listeners. My audience is listening. You know, we're having this conversation about diversity inclusion. It's amazing, you know, to hear your journey. It's amazing to hear about what Koopa is doing, but you know, what can listeners do to help move the needle forward on diversity, especially when they come up against someone who's not a team player? Mm. Yeah. Um, I think the most important thing that we can do is A, to acknowledge that this is an important topic um, and encourage conversations about this. Um, you know, we all come from different backgrounds and, um we all have our own biases. Uh, We all have uh, unconscious biases. And the more we talk about these topics, um, you know, the more we become aware of our own own, uh, reactions to things that we may not even be aware of. And uh, once we become aware of them, we can change ourselves. And I think... If, if we each take that responsibility, almost like a social responsibility to change ourselves, you know, what mm-hmm. another person does or what a team player does not do uh, almost becomes a non-issue because uh, ultimately who and what we can change in any given situation is, is ourselves. Um, you nailed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so, I, would, I, would, I would absolutely agree with that. Sorry, you were going to say? Yeah, so uh, I, I think um, just just having conversations, you know, with our friends, with our colleagues, with our teams, um, and and being aware that 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 we all have biases of some sort, and uh, learning to recognize them, and learning to moderate and change our behaviors over time. I mean, these are cultural things that sometimes takes take ages, but but if we are aware of it, you know, I'm sure we can change it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Leading with, I I like to call it sort of leading with empathy, leading with kindness. And some days it comes easier than others. Um, And some days we have to dig very, very, very deeply uh, to to lead with kindness and empathy of ourselves, Um, not only to ourselves, but also to other people that maybe a team player just might not be feeling it that day or may not be a team player. And I think if we consciously and intentionally lead that way, um, then we'll be able to to make that change and and bring people with us, I think. Yeah, so, I could not have said it better. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> so at the beginning, you know, we talked about risks. Um, you gave a little bit of advice as to, you know, um, making sure that you follow through with those decisions and take those risks, take the opportunities that present them to yourselves. Do you have any other advice that you would give to women in supply chain as they navigate through their careers? 
Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> um, first, um, you know, if you if have a career, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having a job. Uh, you know, all of our, our situations are different. But if you've decided to have a career, you know, um, really uh, think about what you want out of that career. Um, vocalizing, verbalizing, being specific about where you see yourself two, five, ten years from now. Uh, I think it's uh, it's it's really important to give that dream a shape and a form. And and very often I find um, I, I did that earlier on in my career, and I find that. Um, as I talk to, um, you know, my friends and my colleagues, um, that, that women are sometimes afraid to verbalize what they want to be. It's, it's, uh, you know, there, there, there is a restraint that holds us back from, you know, visualizing our success. So I, I think, um, uh, and, and, you know, maybe the road changes, maybe what we want out of our careers change, but, um, just, just having a vision of what we want is, it's the first step in trying to work towards it. Um, and, and, and then once you've recognized it to really, you know, just go after it, just gun after it, because um, we are all learning to hone our craft, to, you know, polish our skills. And each of our journeys and our struggles are different, uh, but we all are struggling in some way. Uh, yeah. but, but, you know, uh, the one thing, is that you need hard work. Uh, there is no pain, no gain, right? Uh, there's no one I know that succeeded, that's achieved anything without the hard work. So know what you want and, and don't be afraid to put in the hard work. Yeah, and hustle for it, baby. <laughs> and I think the other the other thing that I would maybe throw in there too is take write down what you like to do. Write down what you're good at and see what correlations in the different career path that you want to take that there are, right? Because yeah. you're going to be doing this for a long time. Yeah. So you want to make sure that it's something that you are passionate about and you want to make sure it's something that you are good at that kind of comes naturally that doesn't seem like work, even yeah. though you're going to work really hard <laughs> to get there. Absolutely. And yeah. Yeah. You've got to yeah, enjoy yeah, yeah. What you're doing. I mean, every day this is this is our life. And if we don't have fun, I mean, what's life without fun? <laughs> That's right. That is so right. So do you have a challenge or a call to action for folks in supply chain? Let's just let's think about the supply chain community as a whole. Right. With everything going on, I mean, this episode, we're going to be on hopefully the outskirts of COVID-19. Um, and so what would be a challenge or call to actions for folks in supply chain that you would that you would say? Mm. Um, I think it's going back to what we talked about earlier about taking risks and not being afraid to change. Um, um, you know, you're absolutely right, Sarah, um, you know, for all of our sake and for all of humanity, hopefully uh, we will be out of this very, very soon. But I, I think that um, uh, uh, that this this situation is going to change supply chain for a long, long time. Uh, it's going to have probably a lasting effect on how businesses run, on how um, uh, uh, you know how networks function, and so. Um, uh, 
And and I think uh, supply chain leaders, procurement leaders everywhere have to really come together. Uh, it's no mm-hmm. longer about, uh, you know, continuing to do things the way that we are doing or relying on our experience or relying on our tribal knowledge within our organization. I think it's really time to come together as a community to collaborate across the boundaries of our industry, to collaborate across, um, you know, even the boundaries of our countries uh, to try and find um, and solve the supply chain problems together, um, learning from the best practices um, of one another. I, I, I think I think that's my my call to action um, to all the supply chain leaders and the procurement leaders out there. You are singing my song, sister. <laughs> I talk about collaboration on this show. I think probably in every single episode (laughs) and, um, you know, talk about how collaboration is the future of business. And I couldn't agree more. It is even more important as we discuss this today, not to be siloed, bring the departments together, bring the business together and uh, let's move forward. So let's talk about the future. What's next for you and what keeps you motivated? Um, what keeps me motivated, two things, continuing to solve business problems and continuing to uh, consumerize the business world and uh, bringing some of these delightful experiences that we, um, you know, that we use in our personal lives and uh, using them to solve business problems. Um, and uh, and then secondly, and probably even more importantly, um, I've had the privilege uh, to be inspired by so many women leaders. Um, and, um, you know, I do think uh, that the younger generation coming in is, uh, you know, so much more confident that, than I ever was, uh, or, or perhaps I even am. Uh, and they're so much more poised. But if I can be that source of inspiration for even one person that's struggling to find their voice, um, I, I would consider that an honor. And that keeps me, that keeps me going. Well, you have just inspired me today. So I am one of those people and I'm sure that the audience is going to agree with me because this has been an amazing conversation. So have courage, take risks and find your voice so that you can shine your light wherever you go. We hope that Anju's story has inspired and motivated you. To connect with Anju or find out more about this episode, please check out episode 114 wherever you subscribe to podcasts or under podcasts at letstalksupplychain.com forward slash episode 114. We want to thank our sponsors for this episode and that is Coupa and you can find them over at Coupa.com that's C-O-U-P-A.com and the Global Woman in Procurement and uh, actually it's the Global Woman Procurement Professionals and their website is globalwpp.com. So thank you to our sponsors. Thank you for Anju for trusting us to help tell your story and for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun talking with you. This episode was produced in collaboration with Border Buddy, the most innovative online customs platform out there. And here is what Graham, the founder of Border Buddy, has to say. More and more companies are looking to expand their reach into global markets, but most don't know where to start or don't have the time to figure it out. BorderBuddy sees the struggle and has found a way for you to integrate customs into your e-commerce site, allowing you peace of mind when selling to customers in other countries. 
your customers will know exactly how much the costs are to import their order from you to their door in real time. And just imagine what that will do for your business and your sales. Visit us and sign up for 10% off your first clearance at borderbuddy.com slash let's talk supply chain. If you like this episode, you can find more stories under Women in Supply Chain over at letstalksupplychain.com. Next week, I've got the founder of that ring around your LinkedIn profile here on the show to talk to us not only about that strategy and how he was helping the community up up their LinkedIn profiles, but also about what he is doing in manufacturing. Yes, that's Christopher Nesbitt, and he's talking about his company and how he helps manufacturers market to their potential customers. So check that out. Stay tuned. It's coming up next week. If you'd like to support the show, there's a few ways to do that. Follow us. Follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to our newsletter over at the letstalksupplychain.com. Subscribe to us on YouTube, the SC Supply Chain TV, or wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Play. Next, go to ships.com. That's S-H-I-P-Z. Visit and sign up. We are in full beta about to launch an exclusive pilot with a few choice freight forwarders and mid-market shippers. And we'd love to hear from you and if you're interested in participating on this platform. Next, for the logistician in your life, the procurement professional, supply chain professional, go to shop at letstalksupplychain.com and look through our merch. We've got some great ideas for you and for the special one in your life, as well as the supply chain dictionary. It's 107 pages full of acronyms and definitions you will need to help you navigate through supply chain. Lastly, rate and review the show. Go to Apple, rate and review the show, and I will mention your review on an upcoming episode. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.